Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. Thank you for joining us here today. From time to time, I address some of the emails and comments that, uh, that we've received. If you have comments and like to have my opinion about certain questions, whatever, please email us. Our email is tom at fortressoffaith.com. That's tom at fortressoffaith.com. Or you can leave us a message. There's a, um, a key to hit there, and the number to call is 800-616-0082. It's 800-616-0082. Kind of got a, a disagreement from a guy named Dave. We'll just call him Dave. Says I was just, he found, found a radio show here on Cary, on K-A-R-I, our home station. And uh, he goes on to say, I, I was disappointed with the divisive us and them and hope to hear that this was out of context. Unfortunately, that was not the case. It was political. There are God-fearing people on both sides of the aisle. When we start characterizing groups of people's, of people we've done them and God a disservice. God is not political. God is inclusive. He invites us to focus on him and keep lifting him up so more can see how attractive he is. He goes on to say that he prefers a bee, bees to honey approach and lift Jesus up and, and, and type of stuff and, and don't be divisive. Okay, be, be more inclusive. Um, well, Dave, uh, certainly we disagree respectfully. I... Um, I think you're wrong here on this idea. And this is part of the problem of what's going on is that we're teaching Jesus. We're selling Jesus like soap. That he's going to clean your life and, and make everything better. No, um, he came to divide. Uh, he came with, the, uh, did, you know, with the, the word of God is a sword dividing and, uh, and to set people apart from each other. And, uh, and so I, I'm going to play uh, for you, I think the best response I can give to Dave is um, is this program I did not too long ago that the Bible is political. It is very political. And uh, I want to replay that show for you so that you can uh, hear from the Word of God itself how the Bible feels about certain issues. And this lie, this lie out there, is that God is not political. Only the devil, only the evil, the, the people who want to produce evil in the world wants Christians out of politics and not to give God's opinion on those things. So it's important we listen to them. So here we go. Uh, the Bible is highly political with loads of examples of men and women engaging in political life. And, uh, and someone wrote this here to kind of give you a rundown through the Bible of political views and engagement. In the book of Genesis, uh, we receive the cultural mandate that develops institutions upon the earth. And one of these institutions is government, a secular government, but still subject to God. Everyone who serves, the Bible refers to them as ministers of God. The book of Exodus, we see how Moses was deeply was a deeply political figure, and we begin to receive 
the laws that express God's heart for good government with strong emphasis upon personal and corporate morality and caring for the poor. The book of Leviticus shows us how the law is designed to cover all the dimensions of the nation's relationships with God and with one another and with the rest of the people on earth. In the book of Numbers, uh, the Numbers uh, proposes a democratic process under God with the selection of representative leadership. The book of Deuteronomy affirms the idea of equality under the law for kings and subjects alike. The book of Joshua shows the need for integrity of leadership and strong national identity in which morality is required as a distinction for God's people. The book of Judges shows us how the Lord raises up and empowers people to lead the nation out of sin, out of error, and for judgment. The book of Ruth shows us how social responsibility transcends legal contracts. The book uh, First and Second Samuel reaffirm equality under the law. The book of First and Second Kings charts the good, the bad, and the ugly of how to govern. These books show how leaders are subject to greater accountability for their actions. In the books of First and Second Chronicles, it shows the Lord's heart for government through the reply to Solomon's request for wisdom to govern. They place the responsibility for national renewal with God's people. The book of Ezra demonstrates the power of the word to restore identity and direction to the people. The book of Nehemiah teaches us how we learn about how, to, how the restoration of authority transcends. The book of Esther is where we learn how Esther and Mordecai were raised up to lobby the authorities to save their people. The book of Job teaches us about trusting a sovereign God while in trials. The book of Psalms covers the whole range of effects that the human condition uh, of the human condition and the righteousness of God. The book of Proverbs was written to instruct princes how to govern when they become kings. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about wisdom needed to rule. Solomon, the book of Solomon, describes our relational priorities. The book of Isaiah describes the coming Savior and His kingdom, the increase of whose government there shall be no end. The book of Jeremiah illustrates the need to speak the truth to those in power. The book of Lamentations shows how God can use one nation to punish another. The book of Ezekiel describes how the river from the temple heals the nations. The book of Daniel demonstrates, is full of, uh, of this, de- demonstrates that God's people can be called to rule in a foreign pagan culture with an implicit recognition for uh, that that for engagement in politics, that there's a time sometimes to defy and, and times to comply for the people of God. With Daniel, we see how integrity is tied to identity and how the role of the prophetic is important for governmental power. The book of Hosea attacks hedonism and the abuse of wealth. 
The book of Joel challenges public consciousness. Amos exposes hypocritical rulers. Obadiah affirms that justice cannot be escaped. Jonah speaks of the responsibility beyond the borders of our own nation and ethnicity. The book of Micah emphasizes the importance of morality, integrity, and justice. Nahum explains how freedom can, be, can bring both curse and blessings to a nation. Habakkuk talks about uh, God's care for those who are poor and needy. Zephaniah blinds uh, belief with action. Sorry, binds belief with action and demands clear identity. Haggai reorders our social priorities in light of God's holiness. Zechariah reaffirms the absolute authority of God. And finally, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, warns against complacency and idolatry in the national life. Then we turn to the New Testament, where we get to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all citing that governing supremacy of Christ through his statement that all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. When Jesus told Pilate that you would have no power over me unless it has been given, unless, unless the power is given to you from above. The book of Acts tells us uh, and demonstrates for us a unified and equal community that is governed by, by uh, council, consensus, and majority. It illustrates the need to speak truth to power and proposes new forms of citizenship. It also shows and illustrates the need for religious freedom. The book of Romans shows the value of secular government uh, and critiques the human effects of state-sanctioned idolatry. Crucially, in stating that the political authority is God's servants for our good. Paul also affirms that political authority comes from God for our benefit. First and second Corinthians is identifying the flawed wisdom of holy philosophies, establishes the need for moral reference beyond human ideologies. The book of Galatians explains that explains the radical uh, totalizing freedom given by Christ that the gospel both necessitates, requires, and sustains freedom. The book of Ephesians describes human responsibility in the spiritual battle um, uh, and informs earthly authority and states how the church is to communicate the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and the authorities that are in heavenly realms. The book of Philippians encourages humility and hope in the face of suffering and challenges abuses related to social status. Colossians affirms the supremacy of Christ in human affairs by stating that, that thrones and dominions and authorities, all things were created through him and for him. First and Second Thessalonians confirms the value uh, and dignity of labor and asserts the necessity for the rule of law. First and Second Timothy compels believers to pray for government, uh, uh, that there's a priority for the gospel values and, uh, and values the counsel of elderly people and encourages young people to lead.
explains the role of charity, warns against the corruption, corruption of that, that wealth can bring, and describes a godless society. The book of Titus discusses authority amongst diverse social groups. Philemon deals with slavery and with labor. The book of Hebrews confirms the equality of all people before God and how justice is invisible from mercy. The book of James explains how deeds uh, must accompany words, that favoritism is forbidden in leadership, and that, uh, and that the focus upon developing good language and communication is essential for leadership. First Peter calls for believers to be subject to the Lord's, uh, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor or to governors. Second Peter asserts the value of clear conscience and good teaching for leadership. First and second, third John describes the institution, uh, institutional nature of sin and the need to provide good role models for leadership. Jude attacks bad role models for leadership. And shows how and when uh, uh, shows how when abused authority can be abdicated. And finally, the book of Revelation affirms the dominion of the kingdom of God above earthly empires. Folks, it's clear: the Bible is a political book. God deals with all of the affairs of man. And his order, his path of righteousness is the one that you and I must lift up and vote for if we want our nations to be blessed of God. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.